Hello! Hello! Hey, Maxport. Hello, Juice, hello. That was quite a tone down there. What? Why? Didn't what? you, like, go for hey when I was like, hey, come on, hello! <laughs> no, I said, Don't let's me go. Don't record it. Yeah, maybe it was before I recorded. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I was sick. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I, I forgot. I, I We lost the hype. We lost the hype. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. we lost the hype. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. Yeah, it's uh, all good. Thank you. How about you? All good this week? I am. Yeah, 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 I'm super, super excited. Okay. What are we going to talk about this uh, this episode then? Um, I want to talk about something that is really on the horizon. I think that uh, this can be a real game changer in terms of game industry. Uh, what is what do they say? They, they there's an explosion yeah. with this technology, and I think when it starts to ripple down into the game industry, uh, this will be a real disturber. What do they call it? Mm, Something game that's, changer or yeah, let's call it game changer because yeah. this is the game industry. So yeah. blockchain, the blockchains, and also I think the AR is kind of tightly coupled here as well in terms of. A uh, number of years in the future that I think AR will be changing the industry. Yeah. So, so um, for those that don't know the 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 AR, uh, the short version, it's augmented reality, and um, it's um, I can say that it's it's been coming for a few years now, uh, right? It's uh, it hasn't. I think that we've we've all seen it, and we think it's pretty pretty cool but now it's actually coming and i was uh, um checking some things out we can but we can start talking about blockchain and then we can uh, go on to ar later um yeah or the other way around as you wish you you get yeah. to you get to choose this this you, week you just gave uh, a small like hint of what ar is um so let's yeah. just dive into a bit what ar what it is and why it has been on the rise for anyone who doesn't know, like you said, what AR is, think in terms of Pokemon Go, um, where you have the camera and you have the Pokemon in, in the world actually seeing. That's one way to look at what AR is. But AR is way more. It's actually way bigger than that. And it's been getting honed into your phone. Uh, it is. There are two major players nowadays. Uh, Google is one of them, of course, and Apple is the other one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, what you do is you use the camera or your location or anything else about you physically, and then you just augment information on your screen or whatever uh, thing that you're looking at. And like I said, one of the most you know, iconic examples is Pokemon Go because it takes your location and then you have to actually physically move to to a location where you can find Pokemon, where you can find them on your screen as well. If you hold your screen camera up, uh, sucks to be you because your camera, your your <laughs> phone battery, basically is drained in a couple of minutes or in a couple of hours. Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. And when I started, when I was in the university, I started uh, a bit of AR actually. And just a year or two after, I was actually uh, a mentor for a, a thesis work in AR, AR okay. which was kind of cool uh, because the 
the thought of having AR as being this ad station where you can just move throughout the city and hold your phone up on the store windows and all of a sudden you get all the information about the uh, the discounts that you can find find in that specific uh, location, that specific uh, store. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was an unusual one. I um, yeah, yeah, well, that was cool. Definitely, um, it's a cool application. Uh, I don't know if this has actually been implemented later on because we did uh, a thesis work is basically a proof proof of concept, and at that time you didn't really have the the power of AR as it is today. Yeah, especially yeah. not the the spatial uh, the spatial thingy where you where it actually uh, follows your your camera movement yeah and yeah. also the lighting yeah. because one of the cool things nowadays is not only do you have the 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 camera showing stuff on the screen but they it also samples the light in which you're uh, current, currently walking through say if you're indoors the 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 assets that you put on the screen also change lighting conditions yeah so they actually feel like there are they are in the world yeah. and also uh, one of the things that I really think is cool is that because and the the phones nowadays can see things in three D in actual three D you can put stuff behind tables and they get occluded yeah I know IKEA has one of those apps where you can take the take an, a table put it on on the floor and then you can have your daughter or whatever run and the 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 table actually knows that hey there's a person here so i need to include the table in this way yeah they 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 do have this uh um ar furnishing app thing where you can you can place ikea furniture into a uh, a room and see how it fits and all that um yeah yeah um that's that's pretty cool i know because i've worked with ar as well um when i was a consultant before we um we had different projects at our company and one of the projects was more uh focused on uh on ar and product mostly product visualization something like ikea style um and uh, we were playing around with that but of course you know when AR started, you had markers. You, you remember these markers that you had to, yeah. for for the software because there was no really um, no real support from the phone manufacturers for all the sensors that you actually require with AR. Because making something believable or making making it believable that it is in the room, you need to kind of find uh, and keep track of. Um, relative distance and in space and and the room so you so you actually know if you're moving towards something towards the object away from the object side to side and i know that uh, well from from the start there was only the actual camera so they had to build no it there was on... actually one generation before that uh, okay you also you had the uh, the accelerometer uh with yeah. the accelerometer yeah. only you basically just kept track of movement and tried to map assets to uh, use an inverse on that and try to add well, uh, assets yeah. on the screen. 
but with the with the markers then you just had image uh, yeah exactly it was plain old exactly yeah. that's why they needed that's why they needed i don't know if um yeah it wasn't so popular on the phones the the phones didn't have as much power as they have today or performance sorry um so i mean maybe they were limited there as well but yeah basically you needed this marker so you can get a, a reference to where am i in reference to this marker at all times and then you would just have image processing good old image processing to recognize this marker and then place whatever virtual object you chose instead of the marker in in that spot um but as time went on and um they've they've developed different apple and google mostly i know that apple has the ar kit i don't know what google's is called um uh I think it's called, what was it called? It was AR Core. Okay. Because uh, for the AR kit, the way it works, because I was reading on it yesterday, I think, or maybe earlier today, they recognize uh, different key features and they keep track of these key features. And as, as you said, they're using the accelero accelerometer um, to uh, kind of... Uh, see which way you are moving so they determine and predict the motion and they also have key features in the image that they keep track of so no no more need for markers actually uh which yeah, is exactly. a cool thing um and then as you said they 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 kind of have smaller smart algorithms to occlude stuff and to place things behind stuff and the spatial because the phone needs to get some kind of spatial or tablet needs to get some kind of spatial awareness and now they can get get that in different ways without using markers uh which is very cool yeah uh one of the problems with markers was that as soon as you occluded the marker your asset disappeared because exactly. you couldn't really uh determine if that was the one or not yeah the camera doesn't see it anymore so then it's impossible yeah, exactly yeah uh well there were a couple of workarounds where you had a couple of frames uh where your camera you know you knew that hey uh, just like half a second ago, there was a marker here. Maybe the marker's still here. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There was some kind of a uh, a moving average, if you will. Yeah. Where it looked at the same place. This is actually the same technology used in in cars. Uh, the cameras in cars, where they where they have, they're trying to find different kinds of markers. But in this case, instead of having a marker, it's a car. They yeah. have a lot of algorithms to train an AI to see what what a car is actually looking like from behind. Most of the time it's from behind, but yeah. also the ones that you see and coming towards you. Uh, but also in in those cases where you have a car, a car overtake, overtake the other another car, you basically have a tracker that says that, okay, there was something here just a couple seconds ago. Yeah. Maybe it's still here. And yeah. if you're lucky, then you could probably find the, the the car again if it moves it moves outside of the the view field or whatever could yeah. also be uh science it's the same thing there uh, they have they are basically markers right it's an ancient technology in those in, in those in that regard yeah. because you have uh you have specific markers to look for yeah they yeah the traffic signs are very predictable yeah they, exactly. they are very easy to to make recognizable for a camera and I know exactly. there was there was this very fun demo I saw um, of um, there was uh, you know 
when you get the sun in your in your face when you're in the car that's the, you can drop down this uh, this thing to to block it i don't know what it's called but anyway um and but still at some sometimes the sun is very if the sun is very low and the the road is very flat you'll still get the sun in your face the cool thing was um the car sees things that you don't see as the driver so they they kind of placed i think it was another car or if it, if it was a person uh that they placed in front of the car and then the car <laughs> could actually see even though you uh, you, you didn't, didn't see, see yeah. uh, because of the sun you didn't see anything the car could actually see that recognize it and stop uh, which so was the, really the, cool the question there is then did they use actual vision or did they use radar well i think that it's or, a mix uh, lidar. to be honest yeah i think that they use a, they they were using a mix of lidar and the camera in uh, some kind of infrared camera because that those are not um, those are not affected by by that light in in that way um i th i think that i can't really remember but it might be also that they actually the car itself has an emission of infrared light so it's actually lighting up but of course you don't see infrared light so uh it's kind of like um you know um the xbox uh, camera oh or, yeah 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 the connect it's actually like a tv remote you don't have to go as far as an Xbox. It's the exact same with the TV remote. Yeah, but I was thinking that, you know, the Xbox Kinect was, was doing the same thing. That's why it worked so well for... Because, you know, um, if we... Now we're getting a bit off subject, but we'll continue. Uh, <laughs> it's still AR. Yeah, it is. Because uh, the Kinect was so good at tracking in different light conditions, right? So even if you had a completely dark room you could still be tracked by a Kinect. And that's just because of the way they implemented it, because it was shining an infrared light on everything. So even if it was dark, it could still see you. Um, and most importantly, uh, th these um, the matrix of dots that it's emitting uh, to actually um, triangulate how far uh, objects are and generate the depth map. So um, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool, because I know... Now, I from from the AR kit because we're talking about light. I know that Apple is saying stuff like, "Well, you know, it doesn't work that well if you have a blank wall." So let's say you have a white wall because there are no key features to track. Yeah, uh, because they're looking for for corners most of the time. Exactly, corners and high uh, high contrast places. Yeah, I don't know if they're using some kind of real time difference of Gaussians method. Uh, if you guys want are very interested into image processing, then you can you can look up difference difference of Gaussians. We use that juice in a project. I don't know. Or, yeah, yeah, way, we did. Yeah, yeah. But there is a way better method methodology nowadays. Uh, they don't use. Uh, I don't think they do. Um, I can't really remember the the acronym for it, but they they used a version that is more efficient than the one that we used. Okay. Well, the one yeah. that we used is more is better in terms of stitching images together, but the but it's not as quick and efficient as this one. I yeah, can't remember exactly. I, I'm thinking that they might have evolved um, with time, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and uh, but but you're you're uh, probably right. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud a little bit, but yeah, I think that um, they might use something that is a bit a bit faster to be honest 
but anyway um and they they do say that as well that they have problems with reflective surfaces because of the same same issue if a surface is very reflective the the camera is going to get filled with light uh, basically so it would be very hard for them to actually find these key key points or key features in in the image that they're they're using for the tracking so it's um you know it's not perfect but uh, it's a hell of a lot better than when i used it the last time to be honest yeah uh, we were talking about the uh, xbox uh connect there that was also one way one version of an ar that is that, that actually worked really well and that's still around today but not in the same in the same way you know playstation was way ahead of its time once <laughs> previously they they created this camera where you could jump around and do stuff uh, and basically no game developer that i know of knew what to do with it and so there were there are a couple of games out there where you can have a camera you can jump around you can hit balls um get some score you should you jump away in order to to evade some bombs getting your way but that was basically it. that was the the only way the only game basically that i saw with that uh technology yeah uh the connect had a couple of other ones that were really cool there was this dance game what was it called just dance i think yeah i think you're yeah yeah you might be right yeah there was some tennis game as well if i remember correctly um, oh, yeah but really cool. uh, there were some sports games for the connect as well yeah and then you have the wii which was basically taking the whole uh, world uh, yeah. flipping it upside down right <laughs> so even your grandpa could play yeah <laughs> they, they took it to the next level to be honest yeah they did there yeah it was awesome i mean really awesome uh by the way we just as a quick uh thing there uh we uh, the thing that would they change to it's called slam simultaneous localization and mapping okay cool i also i also had an update on that because i was reading on it and uh, you know you talked about the occluding of stuff yeah uh, they uh, apparently the ipad pro has lidar a lidar scanner to get depth information so that's how they know if oh. something is in front yeah yeah that's pretty cool I that mean, is interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, so so uh for AR Kit 4 on on iPad OS, uh they have the a new depth API which uh ga- gathers very detailed depth information by by a lidar scanner on iPad Pro and then you can of course if you get depth information then you know if something is in front of the object then you can occlude it and stuff like that. So yeah, that's pretty Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, that is actually really interesting. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what lidar is, it's uh, it's a short version of light detection and ranging technology. Yeah, it's basically a radar or something. Yeah, yeah. with light. Yeah, but but I'm guessing that's what we mean. I mean, AR has evolved just because. I mean, since you need all this information that wasn't available before, like depth information, you know, uh, key feature tracking uh motion motion uh, vectors for for the phone of course i mean these things weren't in in the first versions of augmented reality so that's why it was so limited now that the manufacturers of phone of phones like apple and and google are actually adding uh, both the sensors and the the apis to for you to be able to develop uh, an app for for them 
um, then it's much easier and it becomes much more accessible and versatile and you can do more things with it because all the data is there so you can do different yeah. things and also not only with the with the visual stuff but also the location based uh, services oh yeah that's I mean, true there are so many i'm actually working on uh, at one of those companies right now where the detail that we provide our customers with uh, is in such a way that you can you can basically see things down to half a meter in resolution yeah and all the buildings are basically tagged with what kind of a building it is uh, how high it is what kind of a texture it has uh, and so forth so on and so forth which lets you as a developer say that okay you should go to the nearest library and find I know this book that could be one one way for you to activate your your gamers yeah to make them really in immersed in the real sense not only that they play in front of a screen but they actually go out just like pokemon go yeah and all the tagging and oh oh by the way there's another real cool feature um because you have these uh these cameras that are really really good at seeing you and mapping the face that you have onto other stuff you can, you you can have apps like what is it called uh, snapchat you mean snapchat thank you yeah uh i really find that app weird but that's just me <laughs> we're just we're just old that's, i'm just old yeah i know we don't, we don't, we don't understand I'm made for this. <laughs> my wife and daughter they're playing with this snapchat you know camera yeah, thing where you can well. uh, create stuff and they, yeah, they exactly. laugh all the time it's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah but what i what i want what i meant to say was that the technology that they use there is that they they do the same thing as uh, the people that make movies do right they they can they they throw out a bunch of dots on your face and then they map these dots oh, yeah, motion motion to, capture yeah exactly they they map your face to uh, to a virtual 3d one yeah and then all of a sudden you have you can have a bunch of things uh done for you you can you can shoot out laser from your eyes for instance yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so the other th the other topic that i wanted to touch on was blockchain and things that you can do with it and one of the reasons one of the things that i think makes these two overlap is the example that i pulled off uh, early on that i talked about with the the thesis work where yeah. you can have different stores having different discounts um so different discounts depending on the the store that you're at but imagine walking somewhere and instead of seeing discounts you can instead of actually going into the store you can see that hey all right there's a there's a shoe that i want to buy there and it has this kind of discount which is specifically tailored for me because the 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 company knows that i buy these kinds of shoes and then you can already there buy these things uh well that for that you don't actually need to have uh, blockchain <laughs> you could actually do it already <laughs> um but that was basically my thought process <laughs> yeah yeah no, yeah but i mean um we can for those that don't know how blockchain works um we can actually explain a little bit uh, yeah quick introduction would be yeah cool. 
because blockchain i mean if you think of a database um a database is a, a usually a centralized place so you you put stuff into a database that exists on one server somewhere right um like for example ikea they use a database because we were talking about ikea before um ikea they use a database for all their furniture or something and they have maybe a database for how much furniture there is in in every store or something like that that they're using for their website so they can sell you stuff and say well this is this isn't in in stock or something um but blockchain is a bit different because it's a decentralized database and what that means is that you have a bunch of nodes uh, and usually we call them nodes but they are basically computers um, and every computer has a copy of this database and what happens is that for example blockchain is very big with bitcoin a lot of people know about bitcoin i'm i'm hoping that everybody listening to our podcast knows about bitcoin i know otherwise you can just google it but it's a it's a cryptocurrency uh it's something virtual and something that is being mined for according to a certain algorithm um we don't have to go into those details but um what happens is whenever you have a transaction so whenever you're selling let's say bitcoin or any currency uh, you create another block in this database and then the other nodes in the network because it's a peer-to-peer -peer thing will validate this transaction and then for the transaction to actually become valid you need major consensus from all the other nodes in the network and they will verify by um, both buyer and seller have identified themselves with different certificates in sweden we have something that we call bank id that's your digital signature online for example and that's your certificate that you are you it's very secure and works on mobile and works on pc as well we use it a lot for if you need to sign online documents for example so you don't actually have to send a paper copy or something else um, and we can use it for bitcoin for example and that's our certificate and these these uh, peers nodes whatever you want to call them computers will validate that that is uh, a transaction that is valid once it's valid then it, it gets accepted as a valid transaction and then bitcoin in this case would have changed owner from let's say me to juice i'm selling bitcoin to juice so he he gets uh, ownership of of this bitcoin right now um and in many ways that's very very secure because you don't have a centralized place um, and it's very hard to crack and uh, misuse or I, I would say not very hard it's nearly impossible to be honest um, it's it's built in such a way that it keeps all all this data secure and uh, yeah um, it's um, since it's decentralized and everybody has a copy of it and this major consensus thing it's it's going to be very very um hard to um to misuse the system in in any way uh some something like you want to steal or all the bitcoin from from people that's um that's very very hard so that's the any, short introduction to it anytime someone says that it's impossible to crack something my security me my hacker me <laughs> starts to uh tingle <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially I mean, in in terms of uh, when the quantum computers 
will start to rage. Uh, well, that, yeah, that'll be yeah. quite interesting to see which parts of our society still <laughs> would work. Uh, I think none, yeah. to be honest. But uh, yeah, there will be a lot of problems. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> that's a topic for another discussion. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about some blockchain things that you could do actually um, in regards to games, because now blockchain is mostly on like financial level. I would say. Right, I think I think that's what they use it for the most uh, right now. Yeah, uh, from what I've seen, it's basically just financial stuff. Uh, but also, no, actually, also medical stuff. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I've seen some applications of medical uh, blockchain uh, thing because you can add, you can put data on the blockchain, right? It doesn't have to be uh, a number of uh, the number that you use as a transaction, the, the amount that you use for the transaction. It can be whatever, as long as it has some kind of a representation. And everything that you can represent on computer, you can represent on the blockchain. Last I saw, though, there was, the, uh, there was quite a limiting factor there in terms of how much you can put on the blockchain. I think it was like 16 kilo- kilobyte just a few years ago, which is really nothing at all, if yeah. you think about it, in terms of game... Uh, in terms of game asset size yeah 16 kilobytes you can basically put a couple of images there right yeah basically you you can't even have a small a, images yeah small images yeah. and you basically can't put out any audio file you can't add any no, 3d file no, 16 kilobytes uh, is very little yeah yeah but the that was a few years ago so uh, I'm guessing a lot of it has changed since then. Um, so yeah, there I the, I saw I did see some medical applications for it, and it seemed really cool. I can't really talk about it because I can't really remember of it. Uh, but yeah, one yeah, of the applications that I think blockchain will be really cool to have in in the games industry, and uh, where I think it will be disruptive. That was the word that I was looking for previously. The I think blockchain will disrupt the game industry in in a few ways and i think there will be some kind of there will be a couple of new business models coming out uh, as a result of it one of the things that that you can do nowadays which is uh in contrast to previously is that you once you buy your, your game you have it right and you're basically licensing it and you will never get your money back Previously, when you bought a game in a physical store, you can you could have a secondary value of it on it as well. So you, whenever you bought a game, played it through, you could sell it to uh, get a, get half of your uh, the amount back basically if you yeah. were lucky, yeah. or if you have the first Super Mario game still around, you can have you'll get your money back like three or five fold yeah uh but you can you can't do that with steam once once you buy a game you have it and that's money lost forever with this new with this blockchain technology you really own it you actually own the thing as if it was a physical copy so you can sell it to someone else later on and give access to to the game and of course you lose your access to the game afterwards yeah so that would be i think with that in mind 
there there will be some kind of a second secondary level uh, services around. I'm guessing Steam will probably implement something like this. Um, but I'm guessing though, like uh, where you could rent games previously, there will be something similar coming out as well. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's actually a very interesting thought. I'm thinking what publishers will say about this because they won't like it, you know. Because because one one thing that kind of disturbed me um, was, um, you know, we went from a game. What what does a new game cost? Fifty nine dollars, sixty dollars. Um, Previously or now? Uh, now, let's say. If you buy it digitally, you're probably getting half of it. Well, yeah, because that's that's what I was getting through uh, too, and not through. Sorry. Um, sorry to spoil the fun. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but I know, you know the 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 PS4 came with a digital store. They had their uh, uh, PS PS store, and there yeah. there were many digital stores. And what kind of disturbed me was that, or I mean, in some cases, I I still feel that's the case where you, even if if you buy a physical copy of the game, you pay let's say fifty dollars. And then if you buy a digital copy of it, you still pay $50, which is not the same because to buy the physical copy, I, I do understand that there, there's a lot of cost involved. You have to manufacture, transport, and then you have to occupy a shelf in a, in a reseller store, which costs money as well. Um, but with a digital copy, it's just a download off a server. So... You, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to care about transport, manufacture, anything. And, and the customer, me, you, other gamers, we don't get a physical product. We get something uh, digital. And I felt that was like crazy that they would um, charge the same for, you know, a digital copy versus a physical copy. Um, I, I do understand and I, I love supporting developers uh, of games because if you have a favorite game, and I'm going to say this to everybody, if you have a very favorite game, support the developers, guys, because they are making these games for you. If you enjoy the game, pay for it. Um, it's, it's just, you know, ensuring that they are, they are able to make more fun games for you in the future. Um, so it's kind of self-serving to to pay them because you're definitely getting enjoyment out of the game, um, fun, laughter, you anger, a lot of feelings, and and uh, it's it's worth paying. So it's not about not supporting developers, but I just don't get you know the the thought process there. Um, and with blockchain, that might change, you know, because if you if you can sell your digital copy as well and get some of your money back. You know, people might be interested and it might create a huge secondhand market online. Let's say Facebook market or is it called Facebook marketplace? Marketplace. Yeah, marketplace. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could create a huge, huge secondhand market where people, you know, they, they buy the digital copies. Maybe they're not interested anymore. Maybe they, uh, they just play through the game if it's a single player game and are aware of the fact that, well, I'm never going to play this uh, ever again, and I want to sell it at a much cheaper price, let's say half price or a third of the price or something. Um, so, so this could be very game changer. But 
I'm just wondering what the publishers will say. Because look at the cloud. I'm thing. thinking. I think that the the prices will probably go up instead. In, Maybe in that in that example there. Um, me as a publisher or a developer would probably put a couple of bucks extra there because of the second hand value yeah. that you get out of it. Yeah. Uh, because the first one that buys the game is the one that's going to pay full price, but the second one won't ever pay you anything. Exactly. And, that's money uh, lost for you, yeah. Exactly. And the second and third and the fourth, they can basically sell the game for the exactly same amount that they bought it for. So they won't lose anything at all. They could, I mean, yeah, yeah. Unless the uh, the blockchain mechanism has some kind of a give 5% to the developers kind of a feature. That could be one, uh, one yeah, way to go about it yeah, as well. So sure. there is this engine blockchain uh, ecosystem. I know that you buy some uh, they have their own value, their own uh, Bitcoin, basically. Uh, and I think that some of the some of the amount that they, for every transaction that you do, some of it goes to somewhere else. Yeah, it's. And, I mean, it, the implementation is is free to um, to make as you wish. Yeah. Um, blockchain is just a principle, basically. So you can yeah, exactly. you can follow the principle wholeheartedly if you want to or you can uh, make tweaks to it and i think yeah that was that was that was actually a smart thing because in um it's like some kind of a tax (laughs) Uh, yeah it is yeah that's basically one way to tax players (laughs) yeah or i mean uh, and it's it's a kind of a win-win situation of course you don't get the full price uh or the 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 same amount of money that you would have gotten if the the second person that is now buying second hand would have bought it new of course but you're still getting something and something is better than nothing so yeah yeah there could also be some kind of a trigger for it i'm thinking like me, me as a developer whenever i sell the game to someone and it gets activated it's activated for good and if you Things that you could do in, in in the game version of a blockchain is that you can create assets uh, and make them be on the blockchain as well. So if you, as a developer, create this game and you have just the first person getting this limited edition sword of the divine, for instance, that could basically be tied to the player. And the player himself can have a profile which lies on the uh, on the blockchain. So whenever you sell the game, that content won't actually follow along with the uh, with the sale. So you yeah. can that would that would be one way for you to make sure the players actually buy the game from you and not from a secondhand. Uh, yeah. Yes, no secondhand version of it because of that limited edition things. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm touch- touching on something that I that I'm actually thinking about implementing in my own game because I'm creating this universe. It's not just one way. It's not just one game. It's uh, a bunch of games, and I'm thinking of creating this huge franchise, which is uh, which consists of a couple of games. And one of the things that I'm 
thinking of is that the the assets that you use within the game, the sword that you uh, that you find, for instance, uh, or the ones that you create uh, at the smith, uh, this blacksmith, those are actually tied to you as a player and not really within the game. So those actually lie on the blockchain. And whenever you play the next game or the third game or the one, ten, the tenth one down the line, whenever you reuse and upgrade that weapon, that weapon follows you around, and you can actually sell that. You you can you can sell that weapon, whenever you outgrow it. Say that the stats that you have on that, uh, on that sword, are basically just to weak for you you're meeting you're going up against this boss and you need a new sword so you can sell your sword to someone else and then that person could make use of it yeah and just like 10 years down the line you now have a sword that instead of it being called sword of the divine you have this sword of the angel demonic slaying demon bane <laughs> <laughs> that was know. a long title. <laughs> that was a long title because Unrated. you know, ten years, yeah. <laughs> ten years of upgrades. That's what that's what you get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you get my point. I mean, you can you can always reuse yeah. your, you can always use your assets, not only in one game, but throughout multiple games, and that's a real cool thing. I would uh, I would say because yeah, you th- I mean, own, this is... you actually own it. Yeah, this is this is a cool thing for franchises. Yeah, I mean, if you if you cre- create a, like Zelda, for example, that would be a cool thing in Zelda. You can use uh, something from Ocarina of Time or something. That would be a yeah, cool or thing. MMORPGs. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the, the first uh, yeah. because MMORPGs, the that is something really natural for you because you always gather resources in in those games. You can always create something with yeah. them. Yeah. And say that you you spent a week on getting this real rare gem that you augment in your staff. Now you have staff of the undying willow or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like those names. I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll right now. I'm on a roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm thinking those games, those assets you own. And there are a couple of games that make make use of blockchains already. Uh, I'm really not fond of those games right now because blockchain is still in its infancy in terms of game industry application. Yeah. Uh, and one of the games is called Crypto Kitty or Crypto Kitten or something like that, where you you can you you can you buy uh, a cat with physical money. I mean actual money. And then you have two options. You either sell it or you breed it. And when you breed it, you get some kind of a combination of your genome with the other, the other cat's genome. And the more rare uh, genome, the, more, the higher the value of the cat. And just yeah. a couple of years ago, or maybe this year, I don't know, previously, the one that has gone for quite I don't know how people pay for it but there are people for everything <laughs> <laughs> it went for I think it was 16k US dollar 
16,000 US dollars for a cat that you don't really own. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was some analysis going on uh, as to which, what kinds of players play these games. And is this really a game if you only have two choices? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they they went down the line in some like in terms of hey these are not really gamers they are pr- more like traders traders as in daily day traders where you yeah, yeah. buy and sell socks and stuff um, because of the the analysis that you have to go through whatever you buy a new cat and see what kind of features it has and which ones to breed with etc etc yeah yeah so there's a whole size yeah it is i mean if the focus is to earn actual real money then it becomes about something else now doesn't it yeah exactly yeah it's uh but you know it's uh it's like you say maybe i mean that's a game in itself of course i mean you you play this strategy game of how much money you can actually make. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm calling yeah. it a meta game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that I would I would agree to that. Yeah. Um, what I do find interesting is the MMO and uh, assets uh, using blockchain and actually owning something because, um, I mean, historically speaking, when if you would have made all of this in an MMO um today or an older mmo you would basically have to sell your account to be able to trade those things right i mean it's account wide so your character or whatever owns well those you things. can actually sell them on on, on other uh, web pages like blocket uh, and there are a couple of uh, people i know that they sell not only the, uh, the accounts but also stuff okay yeah but how are they doing that? I mean, do they? No, they, you, they, you actually need to. You actually need to meet them uh, in the game. Yeah, and they there's a and trading system to... or something. Exactly. Like that. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. But not not all MMOs have that, so it it becomes kind of yeah. If you don't if you don't have that, then the only option is to sell your account. Basically, I guess. If yeah. there's no trading system in the game. Um, what I thought was interesting and what we talked about earlier is also um, EVE Online. Um, oh, yeah. Because EVE Online has this huge, huge economic system going on for it where you could actually make that into a blockchain. And it, it would make it more secure because there there, there have been so many scandals in, in EVE Online about... Um, I think I'm not... A, the biggest EVE Online player. I played it for a couple of months only, I think, uh, for a while, a while back. But I think you, you can create alliances and you can create big corporations in, in EVE. It's basically like the real world, to be honest. Um, the economic <laughs> system... Yeah, exactly. But when you look at the econo- ec- economy of the game, uh, it's very, very well detailed um and and it works basically like real life you can create a corporation this corporation can can do better or worse you have some leaders of the corporation uh and and they make they make money and and stuff like that um and there have been so many scandals of of 
you know people stealing money from the corporation and 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 disappearing and stuff and i think blockchaining would would make that more secure um, yeah and maybe bring more flexibility to evil line actually um which is um really cool to be honest um mm -hmm. but yeah um on um I just remembered something about AR, one of the coolest applications about AR. I'm I'm just going to jump back to that, but I think you'll, yeah, you'll you think yeah, I I think you'll think that is really cool. So, um I was uh, because we were um working with AR and I was uh meeting with this company that were doing very something very very uh special. Um I think that other companies might do it too. Um but I have at least up on up until that point i haven't heard of it but you know microsoft they had this mixed reality headset right where you, yeah yeah uh, and that wasn't i mean that that was pretty cool i i saw some videos on it where um for those of you that don't know there are a pair, pair of glasses that you put on basically like it's it's not really like a vr headset but in some ways it is um and then you basically can see um, augmented reality stuff through these glasses so it's basically like looking through the camera uh, or through through the camera of a mobile phone but it's glasses instead so um, they made this headset it didn't it's not really targeted as as you know consumer friendly because it's very expensive i i don't know if it costs like fifteen hundred dollars or yeah, something it's like more that. for business yeah um, but they were doing this really cool thing with AR where, um, let's say you're, um, you're working on a ship, um, and something went, goes wrong with, with this ship and you're stranded in the middle of the ocean and you're trying to find out, well, how do I fix this, this, uh, engine? Let's say the engines fail or something. Um, and then, um, the company can have an on-call, uh, tech guy or engineer that actually knows the system so what they're doing is um this person you will call them and you put the mixed reality headset on you and they can uh, see what you see because there's a cam in these things and um, they can draw for you in ar basically in real time so they can give you ar instructions on how to fix stuff so let's say that you're looking at some panel electric panel and they're they can point well here you know you need to put this in this uh this button in this position or this dial in this position and you need to switch this on and then you need to do this and that that was really cool actually i i saw a short demo of it um and yeah it, that was like well yeah you can do this because was it in lean shopping what, yeah where was yeah. it Okay, let me let me guess. The the company was called XM Reality. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it sounded exactly like them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was really cool. I saw this. Uh, it wasn't. I think it was two thousand fifteen or sixteen or something. So it was still pretty pretty yeah. new. But um, uh, that was uh, <laughs> that was really really cool actually uh, to see to see that kind of you know support. Uh, from from a distance what do you call it there's there's like remote assistance remote assistance thank you <laughs> or remote guidance maybe <laughs> yeah uh, because you know instead of saying well do you see a red button <laughs> over the phone it's like 
Yeah, I see ten of them, especially in very complicated <laughs> systems. Do you have your? Do you have the core installed? <laughs> Is it plugged in? <laughs> have you put on the computer? <laughs> yeah, well, Turn it, it on. It's not. It's not that that easy to explain complicated systems over over the phone, especially if you're stranded somewhere and you can't fly out a, a specialist or an engineer that can help you out. Then then you know it's it's very hard. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was actually cool. was. I was actually working for for a uh, for an internet an ISP an internet service provider, and uh, I worked there as a support guy. And some some people called in, and <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean when you're saying that it is really hard to see what they are doing. Uh, yeah, because yeah. one of the one of the persons the, the people that stuck with me, uh, one of the calls that stuck with me was this foreign guy i'm not gonna say from where uh they they came he was basically yelling at me for being stupid for being ah oh, you don't you can't provide us with anything i really want to use my internet and long story short it turned out to be not the problem of the isp because i had full control over the the connection but the problem was that they were using uh a keyboard that was not cord based it was based on uh, uh, wi-fi technology you know a uh, cordless uh, yeah. keyboard and the batteries were <laughs> had run out <laughs> and the same thing was with their mouse so <laughs> i was like come on you, you've been here for 15 minutes yelling at me and you didn't even make sure that your <laughs> that, that your keyboard was working <laughs> and then of course all of a sudden they were my best friend so yeah yeah well uh yeah yeah I'm a, that's that's um that's some at least some some cool things you can do with ar and yeah. and the other I've things seen, yeah yeah, yeah sorry ahead. yeah i've seen some really really cool applications of ar and i've had one of the one similar idea previously um which the, the cool thing that i saw was they were using it in a uh, say that you go to a clothing store and the mirror had an ar technology installed within it so they had these cameras that can see you and you can basically just press a bunch of buttons and try out clothes ah. uh, on the fly yeah that's really nice actually. that was really cool yeah uh, because it tracked you it tracked your posture it saw how you were moving and the 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 clothes were done in such a way that they, they also reacted to the dynamics. Yeah. So whenever it was a leather thingy, it was also uh, moving as yeah. leather would. Yeah. That was really yeah. cool. And another one that, that I saw was basically the same, but instead of having clothes, it was changing your hairstyle ah, and hair color. Cool. Um, so they were using it. I don't, know, I don't know if it was for a salon or if it was just a, a gimmick. Well, I mean, you can imagine the application anyway. It's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when uh, you, it was really cool. When you want to decide on a new haircut, then the hairdresser might show you a few different options that you can based on your like how long your hair is right now and stuff like that. Exactly. And then you can decide. That's pretty cool. And the, the cool thing was that it wasn't really pre-made in terms of hair. It wasn't really... Uh, drawn hair. It was actual hair. No, oh, that's a, cool. 
So whenever you pressed on a longer hair, your hair actually grew as if it was from your own. Oh yeah, 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 head. yeah. It that's wasn't something the... that was just put there. Yeah, that's really nice. Not like a wig or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. that's pretty cool. And it was but, really cool. Uh, I mean, they, it was really well done. I mean, um, when it comes to, um, I guess in terms of gaming and game creation, I think that now that both Google and Apple do have these very extensive kits, um, I think that it's definitely worth a look into AR gaming, at least on on mobile platform. I've seen very very fun racing games and uh, a lot of a lot of different other types of uh games like pokemon go is one of them it's it's kind yeah. of like the groundbreaker um but there are even more let's call them more stationary games but still i mean i think that the level Nintendo of has, you know that the uh, nowadays uh, this year just a couple of months ago they announced mario kart in ar that's really cool. That's that really is really cool. cool because you get whenever you buy the the game, you get these these actual physical cart where you yeah. have Luigi sitting in a cart, and on the back of that cart you have a camera. Ah. Oh. And you, as a player, you go about and put a couple of checkpoints on your floor, and the game basically draws uh, a circuit. Wow, oh, that's that. cool. That's so really you can cool. actually you can actually play the game, and the 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 card actually physically moves through the through the uh, course. Oh, that's, and that's when you nice, when you look nice. at the switch, you see the animations of the of the character, and you can actually shoot these blue shells and red shells and banana shells. Uh, I mean banana. <laughs> banana peels, uh, yeah, yeah. Peel, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> the car stops physically stops. Uh, in in the real world, so it was it, it's really cool. You should look it up. I can't really remember exactly what what it's called, but it's called it was, I would say Mario Kart AR. Yeah, just Google it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think more people should be looking at this because the I think that for AR the immersion level is quite high to be honest, just because it is somehow placed in in the real world, right? So yeah. it it becomes if done right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, it becomes more real in a way. So uh, it, it and even though you're looking through a screen, uh, it's still you know the level of immersion is is still there. I uh, I would say it's um, yeah it is yeah. So, and I've I've been going around you know I've been thinking of uh, what the next real big thing is in terms of human evolution, in terms of uh, you know. When the when the written book was first released, it yeah. was only just a few people who had access to it, and then you had to learn it, and all of a sudden everyone could read a book. Yeah, but then yeah. came radio, and then this was a new thing, and then it was TV, and you were immersed into this new thing, and then you have games, and so the the question is now, in terms of if you're thinking of games in as being immersed in a book but where you can actually um affect the outcome of the the storyline yeah that is basically a, an interactive book right yeah yeah so what's the next version of interactive gameplay 
Yeah. And I've been thinking uh, in in those terms. Oh, we can have an, an, another episode of that because my thought process is uh, has been the, the thought chain that I had was kind of long, yeah. <laughs> and it is really interesting. I think. Yeah, well, for next, we're, for another we're past the hour mark anyway. But yeah, exactly. Uh, that would be that would be a cool episode. Uh, so I would be interested in 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 picking up that discussion and our listeners too. I think. Um, so uh, yeah, because that's that's an interesting one, definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess. Thanks that's for it. today, Maxi boy. It was really yeah. cool. You too, Juice. It was AR a good and discussion. Blockchain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was a it was a cool discussion, definitely. Uh, and I guess uh, all of you guys listening, thank you for listening as always, and we'll see you next week then. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye, Juicy. Bye bye, Maxi boy.